You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. The Diamondbacks were able to accomplish a couple of things during their time at the winter meetings, and now we will see how they fill out the rest of their roster as the months continue in the offseason. Let's talk to Steve Gilbert about all of that. I'm Allison Futter. Steve, um, so they were able to accomplish a couple of things. They signed Fernando Rodney to a one-year contract. So that tell me what that does uh, for the look of the bullpen and, and what he adds to all of this. Well, I think, Allison, what it does is it allows them to kind of push some of the younger um, relievers and, uh, that they have a little uh, earlier in the game so they don't have to pitch some of the, the, the ninth uh, inning necessarily, which can be a challenge for young players, as, uh, as we all know. So I think what it does is it allows uh, some of the younger guys, Jake Barrett, Enrique Burgos, and people like that to, to not necessarily face as much pressure as they might have had the Diamondbacks not acquired somebody to, to close out games. So um, I think at least for, for one year, the one year they have them under contract, um, it gives them a chance to continue to try to break these uh, other guys in um, and less pressurized situations. So you um, you have mentioned in your coverage that there is still a need for more bullpen depth. So, um, and you, you said that the Diamondbacks sort of feel like they got a, a feel for the market um, after the winter meeting. So you wouldn't be surprised if there were more uh, relief pitcher signings? Yeah, I think that they're, they're going to continue to try to add arms to the bullpen. Um, you know, Fernando Rodney was somebody that they identified um, who was within their price range for what they were looking for. Um, certainly they weren't going to play at the top of the market for some of the other guys like, you know, Chapman or, or Jansen. Um, but one of the things, and it was uh, kind of interesting, on a conference call that uh, GM Mike Hazen said it's possible that the other bullpen signings that they make, um, that those player, that player, those players could make more money than um, guaranteed money than Fernando Rodney did with his $2.75 million. So that was somewhat interesting. It makes you wonder kind of who they're looking at or what, what else might be out there for them in terms of uh, adding some arms to the bullpen. So they're, they're kind of starting over. Um, obviously, they made a lot of changes in the front office. And when it comes to Hazen, just his over – I mean, they want to be competitive. Obviously, they thought that they – a year ago, they, they had a much different um, opinion about maybe where their team is. Um, and, and getting Taiwan Walker, I mean, it seems like they could possibly put together a pretty nice season, even though I'm sure that they're not done constructing the roster. But they're, they, are, they have made some positive moves in some key positions. How do you sort of see things like right as they are right now? You know, that's also interesting because um, one of the things Mike Hazen was saying is that, you know, the deeper he dove into kind of the roster and, and listening to people that were, you know, with the organization last year and scouts and, and whatnot, um, he started to feel better about the team and, and kind of the talent that was here. Um, and he said, I know that, you know, there was a lot of optimism last year, but now looking at it, you can see why there was some optimism. Now, it didn't go uh, the way they wanted it to, but he felt like he could see why there was so much optimism and that there is a lot of talent, um, especially in the everyday roster. And now they're starting to develop some pitching depth. Um, and if some of these young pitchers could take a step forward, uh, that definitely would uh, would make them a competitive team. Now, again, they're not going all in with you know another huge Zach Greinke-type signing, so... Um, it, it doesn't mean that, but it does mean that 
you know, when he started to take a look at it, he realized that, that there is a little bit more talent here than maybe they had thought. Yeah. The Where are they on, on Jake Lamb? Um, it seems that they're ready for him to be um, really playing on a regular basis at, at, at third base, even though he didn't get a lot of playing time against left-handers last year. So how do you think that's going to play? Yeah, they want to see him take that next step. And, and so they're going to play him. It sounds like they want him every day to play. And, uh, you know, they will they allow him some struggles against lefties if that's what it takes um, because they believe that he will hit lefties um, and that he is a, a guy that, that should play every day. So they're going to give him every opportunity to play every day, and they see him as a guy that uh, that will eventually be be able to hit left-handed pitching. And the ever-evolving uh, conversation about Shelby Miller, who um, <laughs> I never lost confidence in him last year, even when he was terrible. Uh, but they're really that's, – that could be, again, the sort of X factor in how this next season goes. Um, do you think that – there was so much talk about, like, he had put so much pressure on himself because of the components that were in the trade that they had made to get him. Um, do you think that he's in a better place now? Do you think that they're a fresh – Start next season will be will uh, work in his favor. I think I think that's I think that's true. I, I just think he's too good a pitcher to have had the kind of season he had last year. And uh, Tori Lavello says he's talked. The new manager says he's talked to him, and um, that Shelby feels good. That that he physically feels good, mentally he feels good, and he's looking forward to you know getting back after it this year. Um, so it will definitely be interesting if he takes a, a step forward or becomes the pitcher that they thought they were getting or even close to it, um, and Granke's back to, to health. I mean, so you can start to then <laughs> put together some optimistic scenarios, um, but uh, certainly he's a big part of that and, and would really help out that rotation. So now that you spend some time with Tori Lovello at the winter meetings, you've gotten to know him a little bit. Um, what are your impressions of him? Uh, what kind of personality does he have for the people that have not really heard much from him? Uh, what kind of guy is he? I think you start to see, you know, everybody you talk to about him um, talked about what a great personality he has, um, what a good person he is, and, and you just start to get that feel for him. You can see where he would be a guy that, that guys will be able to relate to in the clubhouse. He seems like uh, uh, he's a very good communicator, has a good sense of humor, um, certainly knowledgeable about the game of baseball. I think he's a guy that, that, that you can now kind of understand why he had success that, that second half of the year with Boston when he filled in for John Farrell. Um, uh, just a guy that, that looks like he's, he's ready to manage. He seemed really comfortable like just being around people about, about the, at the um, media availabilities. He seemed to be pretty much enjoying himself and, and comfortable in that role. It's clear that he's um, – He's got the right personality, I guess, on that side of it, which doesn't mean anything in the wins and losses. But there is a there is another side to managing, which is like you know dealing with media, being you know a public speaker in a sense. And he seems to be pretty good at that. He does, and he and he seems to be very honest uh, and and open. And he seems to be a guy that uh, that is, and that's important when you're talking with you know with guys in the clubhouse. That uh, if they if he's able to communicate with them, that's a that's a big big deal over the course of a long season. Um, and that that probably these days is more important for a manager than, than necessarily the the X's and O's or the strategy uh, standpoint of things. So certainly um, you can understand why people have been so uh, so impressed and why people have expected him to have a manager's job here for the last several years.
And the last question I have is uh, Dan Heron. That's cool. So he's coming back as a <laughs> pitching strategist, and I hope that doesn't mean um, that he's going to cut down on his tweeting because he is so entertaining. Um, tell us about what his position is going to be. Well, he's going to be kind of a bridge in certain respects for, um, you know, the analytics and some of the things they do in the front office um, down to the field. You know, a pitching coach like Mike Butcher has so many things to be focused on over the course of a season. He's got a, a full staff of, uh, of, of pitchers he's trying to build relationships with and work on mechanics with and um, game plan with that it, it's hard then for a pitching coach to be uh, super responsive or or to be able to process all the information that, that some of these uh, front offices now provide. So Dan's going to be kind of responsible for, you know, disseminating that um, in, in ways that uh, are easily digestible down in the clubhouse. Um, so as far as his tweeting goes, which we did ask what was going <laughs> to happen to his tweeting, and uh, Hazen said that was still a matter of negotiation. He said it was a smile. He said it's still a matter of negotiation. Uh, between he and Dan, and that, uh, you know, he certainly appreciated uh, Heron's wit, um, but that uh, that was a work in progress and a discussion to be had. But, you know, and again, of course, in typical Dan Heron fashion, he tweeted out that part of his new job responsibilities was going to be to teach young pitchers how to tweet. So (laughs) (laughs) that could be fun to watch. He's very self-deprecating, which is the best part of it. He makes fun of himself more than anybody else. Yes, he does. And he also got in a few good shots at at a former Diamondback, Kurt Schilling. So um, certainly kept people entertained. (laughs) Yeah, he's like the uh, Bob Uecker of our generation. He just uh, he makes fun of himself. But um, okay, well, good. I'm happy for him. So, okay, Steve, thank you so much. Appreciate it. We'll catch up with you soon. My pleasure, Alton. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.